don't cry You can rely on me, honey What's up, everyone? anything you want Welcome to the AXPX Podcast, Episode 5. Still trying to keep this going. I'm your host, Sean DeRager. Thanks for tuning into the show once again. Uh, again, I uh, don't want to beat a, beat a dead horse, but apologize for the audio issues last week. Um, but I hope you got at least got something out of the conversation. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So, moving on. Uh, this week... Trying a little more of a free flow show. I don't really have an agenda uh, thought out just yet or a theme. Um, I do want to start trying to fit in some news to each show or um, I'm not sure. I'm just kind of playing around. So if you'll excuse the experimentation, uh, you know, during these fledgling uh, shows of the podcast, um, I would appreciate it. But uh, I'm going to do some uh, try to do a news segment. And, uh, and then we'll see where the show goes. Uh, I've put the call out on uh, on Twitter and Facebook, and hopefully uh, one of you out there has a you know story to tell, or, uh, or or we'll see someone will pop up and we can just chat about stuff. So we'll go from there. But uh, first, I do want to play a song. Uh, I want to keep this stuff going. Start the show off with a song. Uh, this band is called Mute Math, and. Um, Funny thing about Mute Math is they used to be part of the, some of the members used to be in a band called Earth Suit, which I always thought was a very very cheesy Christian band. Uh, and then they that band dissolved and they formed this band Mute Math, which uh, pretty much is a mainstream band. Um, they, there's their stuff is sold in, in Christian retailers, I guess, but uh, they're they're for all intents and purposes they're they're a they're a mainstream band and really good. Um, so I want to play that's uh, their new album is called Odd Soul, and the song is called uh, Pritania. Probably pronounced that wrong, but uh, anyway, gonna gonna start things off here with some mute math. Come back with some news, and uh, you're listening to the AXPX podcast. Here is mute math.
And that is Mute Math off of their album Odd Soul. The song is called Pritania. This is the AXPX Podcast. I am your host, Sean Draker. Thanks for uh Did I say thanks you thank you already? Thanks for checking out the show. <laughs> when I get uh when I don't know what I'm gonna say, I end up repeating myself. Um, all right, I'm going to try a new, new segment here. I'm going to try a news segment. I'm going to see how it goes. Um, going to kind of fly by the seat of my pants here. Um, so, there we go. Let's get into the news. I don't know if I like this music or not, but I'm, I may edit something together. All right, June is LGBT Pride Month. In the United States, uh, June was chosen to commemorate the Stonewall riots, which occurred at the end of, the, of June 1969. As a result, many Pride events are held during this month to recognize the impact LGBT people have had in the world. Uh, this year, President Obama declared June Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Pride Month. Let's get rid of this music here. Let's bring it down. Let's bring it down. Um... I don't know. I'll let it something together. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So, I'm gonna, so I got I got a couple uh, LGBT stories. Um, I couldn't make it. I love you guys. Uh, were the last words written by Brandon Elizaris, uh, a 16 year old from El Paso, Texas, who took his own life earlier this month after being bullied because of his sexuality. Um, I have a clip from one of the news stories um, about this. I'm just going to play this. Mom Zacklin remembers what her son, 16-year-old Brandon, wrote in the note he left behind before taking his own life. My name is Brandon Joseph Elizaris, and I couldn't make it. I love you guys with all of my heart. He felt like he had to hide under his skin from being who he was because it made him feel terrible. Brandon's younger brother found him dead in his room. He'd swallowed some still unknown pills, says mom. It's hard to believe he's gone. The bright-eyed boy with the big smile and bold dreams. I said, Brandon, what did you want to be? So I want to be a model, a fashion designer, a poet. Art was very dear to him, and I think that it kept him sane. A teenager trying to stay sane and true to himself. He was open about his homosexuality at the tender age of 14. When he first came out, he told me that he had lost a lot of his friends because he wanted to live openly as a gay person and he did not understand and he would be like I'm still me I'm still Brandon nothing's changed other than the fact that I like boys and Brandon's the type of person that if you're mean to him or you say something to him he's just gonna smile keep on walking it's really sad because I always wish that he found his voice but he internalized a lot of it Mom says she's since discovered Brandon was slated the school day before he took his life to fight a boy who had been taunting him, the latest in a slew of threats. Once, he was even told others would set him on fire. He came home and said, somebody threatened to shoot me. I was shocked. Now, a different, lingering shock. A son lost, a mother coping, and hoping the bullying stops. Maria Garcia, ABC7. And we generally don't... All right, and that was from uh, El Paso News uh, 7, ABC 7. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of these stories, a lot of stories coming out like this, and it really just just bums the hell out of me that 
these stories keep coming out, and you know, I, I was I was bullied as a, as a, in you know in high school and junior high. Um, you know, you, you know, I, I say bullied, and like so, some of the stuff that these uh, these kids today are going through, especially when they come out um, as being as being gay. It's like I can't even imagine the type of of bullying and, and death threats just for being a certain way is ridiculous. I mean, I never got death threats. I mean, I got. I remember I was riding my bike home on a gravel road in Iowa, and um, I don't know, some kid had thought that I threw a protractor at his head or something like that, or, you know, some, I, I don't even know what it was. And during school, you know, he had, I, I was a smart ass to him. So he, uh, he, he must have been, he was riding his moped <laughs> uh, in country Iowa, and I was riding my bike home. I just rented uh, Hunt for Road October on VHS. And uh, anyway, uh, got my face punched by this asshole kid. Um, you know, because that, that's, that was the extent of my bullying. I mean, you know, maybe I got shoved in a locker once or twice. But uh, the stuff that these kids go through is is ridiculous. And it's just tragic that it ended in, in suicide for this kid. I mean, I, you know, it, it, it blows my mind. Um, got another story here along the same lines. Uh, a 23-year-old transgender man from South uh, South Africa was reported to have been beheaded in Kiraman, South Africa, last weekend due to his sexuality. Um, reports later clarified that he had not been beheaded, but his throat had been cut. Still, the dude was murdered. Um, Thapelo uh, Makalte was murdered during an argument with two heterosexual men about his own sexuality. Makalte uh, was an active member of the Northern Cape LGBT community and was recently crowned as Miss Gay Kiraman. So, like I said, I mean, these... these these news stories are tragic, and I really hope that our society makes a change for the better, and you know we start we stop having this, uh, you know, the, these types of news stories. I mean, people get murdered all the time; bad stuff happens all the time. But to be murdered because of, of your sexuality is just ridiculous. And as a heterosexual male, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't uh, fear for my life every time I go outside. Um, it's just ridiculous what 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 gays what, what the LGBT community because it's a lot more than that. It's um, not just not just gays. I mean, it's it's just if you're different, people look down on you, and some people can't handle it and they want to murder you, which is ridiculous. So anyway, uh, there's a new segment. I'm going to get off my soapbox here for a little bit, but uh, anyway, um, so the month of June, I'm going to try to highlight uh, in every podcast um, stuff from the. Uh, from the LGBT community, and I'm hoping to get, I would like to uh, just do a show, maybe near the end of the month, it's weird, it's, it's crazy because my wife's about to have a baby, so <laughs> we'll see, but I would like to have a show dedicated to um, LGBT issues, so uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Alright, moving right along here. Um, German police are cracking down on Salafist Muslims uh, this week. Authorities have launched a nationwide crackdown on the fast-growing branch of Islam. Salafism is considered radical and even dangerous for its fundamental views. Strict Salafists reject social liberty, uh, uh, liberality, and try to live what they see as a pure Islamic life, um, imitating how they consider early Muslims lived. All women must be completely veiled, and they regard homosexuality as a serious sin. The German government has banned the Malatu Ibrahim group, a Salafist group that has been opposed seeing Germany's constitutional order and endangering the public peace. 
So crazy stuff going on there in Germany that an actual religious sect is being raided. I mean, there's raids going on. Um, they're trying to break up that this sect of, of Islam. Former Scientologist David Fagan has posted a book-length de- description of his deci- decision to leave Scientology. It's called My Side of the Story. He wanted to clarify that he didn't leave because, of, because his wife, Cynthia Fagan, had very publicly left the church as well. Um, I think I have a clip of his wife from a documentary. So let's, uh, let's give that a listen. People are lied to. And they think that they're going to achieve something, and they think that they're, they're throwing away their entire eternity, and they're losing everything um, if they don't go along with the program. They can be coerced. They can be exploited. One organization can feel like they haven't taken all of that person's money because they haven't. But at, by the time everybody's fed from the trough, it's gone. L. Ron Hubbard describes what a real close is, and cat and close is cash in hand at the time of close, period. So if you leave there without the cash in hand, you failed. That was from a documentary, and I don't have on here uh, the name of the documentary that that's from. I wish I did. Um, I'll try to put, find it and post it on, on the Facebook. Um, so Scientologist current leader David Miske, uh, Miskevich, probably going to pronounce that wrong, ha- uh, has been under fire recently as a number of former top Scientology staff members have leveled accusations against him, saying he engaged in physical or mental abuse. Uh, Scientologist is known for selling its allegedly spiritual teachings at very high prices, also known for Tom Cruise uh, and maybe his crazy couch jumping. I don't know. Scientology, I, would, I would love to do a uh, episode on Scientology, by the way. So if you're an ex-Scientologist, I would love to talk to you. And finally, it's official. God does heal. A Christian group is now allowed to claim that God does heal following a ruling by the Advertising Standards Authority on Wednesday. The group Healing on the Streets, or HOTS, has been told it can use, it can only use the phrase on its website and cannot include on printed material. Um, A spokesman for the ASA confirmed, quote, we acknowledge that uh, HOTS volunteers believed that prayer could treat illness and medical conditions, and that therefore the ads did not promote false hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, we noted uh, we had not seen evidence that people had been healed through the prayer of HOTS volunteers, and included that the ad could encourage false hope in these suffering, uh, in those suffering from the named conditions, and therefore were irresponsible. <coughs> Excuse me. So I don't know if it's it's kind of a crazy quote. They're saying, yeah, we're letting them use that, but we also said we don't like them using that. (laughs) So uh, anyway, that's the news. Uh, The news for now. Hold on, let me get the theme song. Hold on, here we go. That was the news. Hope you guys enjoyed this segment. I'm going to try to tighten that up. Thanks for letting me experiment on this. Um... I believe my friend Joey, who I had on the show last week, or a couple weeks ago, 
uh, is wanting to chat. So I'm going to get a hold of him. And uh, But in the meantime, I'm going to play another song. Let's get that music out of there. I'll have to edit something together. <laughs> I'm going to play another song. Um, here we go. Uh, I'm going to play a song by Tyler Ramsey. Uh, the song is called Ships from the album A Long Dream About Swimming Across the Sea. Back talking to Joey after this. I have no idea what the hell we're going to talk about. But um, but yeah, we'll find out in a second. This is, uh, this is Tyler Ramsey with Ships on the AXPX podcast. Sails. 
That's Tyler Ramsey. Uh, song is called Ships. The album is called A Long Dream About Swimming Across the Sea. I highly, highly, highly recommend that album. So you should check it out. Alright, so uh, my friend Joey's going to be joining us here, but i got to bring Skype up. So bear with me one second here. Um, I'm trying to do my shows just kind of all at once, record all at once, just because I'm so crazy busy with my with my job i do software support and uh staring at a computer screen all day long um makes it so you don't really want to stare at a computer screen all night long (laughs) so but i figured i would uh you know get things going here all right so i got a i got a hold of another night owl here uh my friend joey Avalos, uh, you may remember him from a couple shows back. We're talking about Christian music. We were, and uh, he he's up. He answered my call. <laughs> he's the only one up right now. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man? Thanks for uh, thanks for Im- impromptuing uh, the the guest spot. <laughs> hey, man, you know I'm a champion of, of you and your podcast. Anytime you want to chat, man, I'm down. <sighs> so. Um, it's funny how we how we got how we, how we got back to talking again. I mean, you and I toured for a while with with his bands and everything, and we've always we've always been friends on Facebook and stuff like that. Or, or I think we just we friended each other on Facebook when I saw you guys in uh, in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Stars Go Dim, and then uh, so we've been chatting every now and then. I've been uh, and I had started digging into like Bart Ehrman and, and some some uh, historical like New Testament stuff, learning about how the Bible is put together. And uh, the book I was reading uh, was misquoting Jesus, which. Um, it's probably too late an hour for me to really remember what the book, you know, some de- details about the book. But, but the book is saying like there are certain books of the Bible that you know could or could not be, or most likely not written by Paul. Um, uh, I think that's the main gist of the book. He focuses a lot on on Paul, and I had initially heard that from uh, about that book from Jay Baker, um, pastor of uh, Revolution uh, NYC. And because uh, he had mentioned that, and I remember I first heard that, and I was like, "I'm listening to a, a sermon," <laughs> and the pastor himself is telling me, "You know what? Maybe all the books of the Bible uh, aren't written by who you think they are." So, so I got the book uh, "Misquoting Jesus," and then uh, you'd been reading some stuff too. So we just kind of connected on Facebook, and uh, I called you up one day, and we just been chatting about stuff. So, um, I have no idea where this conversation is going to go, <laughs> but uh, what's your? I mean, what's your experience with? Uh, you know, like what 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 were you reading at the time, and, and what's been, what do you find the most fascinating? I guess about about that subject. I think the most fascinating is how much the normal, I guess you would quote unquote Christian doesn't really understand the Bible. Um, it's kind of like um, the old saying of it's the number one selling book in the world, right? Right. <laughs> but it's probably the number one uh, least read <laughs> book ever. <laughs> Or understood, you know, and everyone's. I think everyone's trying to find understanding in the world, and especially if you come to a faith, understand what is this Bible, what does it mean, what did the text really mean, and how do we know it's true? Yeah, and I think 
I think we all go through, you know, questions if you're in faith or searching for faith or whatnot. You know, you definitely want to know, do I believe something that is just um, is not true or or what do I actually believe and why do I believe? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what I started. Um, I mean, I, I've been on this kind of this this journey for the past I don't know, probably five years kind of slowly and, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of digging into stuff. And this just this past year, I really, really started kind of digging into the actual, actual historical aspects of of the Bible, you know, because I've always wondered, I've always wondered this. And, like, it seems like, like nobody wants to look into it because everyone's kind of afraid. It feels like, I feel like people are afraid that they're going to unravel, like, they unravel the yarn a little bit and then they're going right. to unravel it all and they're afraid that, Maybe they're afraid that they lose faith, or people around them are afraid that hey, if you start digging in this, they're afraid that their friends might lose faith. Um, I mean, for me, for me, honestly, that hasn't been the case because there's just so much still to learn. So I'm not the mm-hmm. kind of person that's going to be, oh, I read this certain thing, and yeah, you know, there's things in the Bible that aren't accurate, so I'm going to ditch the whole thing. That's not where I'm at, and that I don't, I don't know if I'll ever get there. But I just mm-hmm. find it fascinating that uh so much faith and so many um people run their lives based off of a book that they don't really know who wrote it you know and right mm-hmm. now we're focusing on new testament i haven't even started to dig into the old testament i know there's some <laughs> there's some yale um uh some yale uh classes online mm-hmm. classes and i i've been meaning to listen to them but uh uh, I think I'll wait till after the baby's born. <laughs> Maybe it'll have yeah, more man, time. You, you got your hands full, man, for sure. Especially the Old Testament. That's, yeah, that's another hands full. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's just it's just interesting that so many people put their stock in 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 books of the Bible and things in uh, that were written that we that aren't really attributed. Can't really, from a historical or archaeological aspect, be attributed to Paul. Uh, I guess my the first things I noticed I, I had heard about were I think it's First Timothy and Second Timothy. Mm-hmm. And I think, and and aren't uh, we're, we're, I could be wrong. Like I said, is I'm a I'm a uh, I'm halfway through my uh, Dunkelweizen, <laughs> and I may not know. You know, things may not come to me quickly. Um, but but um, but there are certain like the context I heard that certain books may not be written was was things like. Um, when when Paul or whoever was talking about like head coverings for women, um, the the things talking about I guess even talking about homosexuality and stuff like that, mm-hmm. there's certain things that kind of don't gel with Paul's overall message of grace, right? Right? That you read and just don't mesh with his message. So so scholars have kind of looked at that and said, well, maybe that actually wasn't written by Paul. Maybe that was one of his disciples trying to make a certain point. Um, right, exactly. What do you remember from that, from that stuff that you've been read, that you've read? Do you- Man, it's a plethora. I actually <laughs> I became a, a, a fan of Bart Ehrman's because I actually subscribed to a blog that he actually 100% you pay for his blog, and it sounds like a scam, but 100% goes to charities. He makes no dime of it, and then he just writes about. He answers his, um, you know, critics. He answers. Um, you know, readers or anyone has a question. It's the first scholar that I know that actually replied to me back on a Facebook post. So he already gets propped right there that I know how, how busy a scholar is and this person like him that's writing, you know, books for academia plus for popular books, you know. And I think 
man, what what is baffling? You, come, you, you go into it, you know, I think we... I have. I think the internet has a lot to blame with, with the way we've searched knowledge now. You know right. what I'm saying? I think that you know, um, with all these different movements, different uh, ways to connect with others, and to get information. I think you know, through all my years of even going to church or or going, you just get a message when you go to church. You know, it's mm-hmm. like there's a trust. You know, you just whoever is talking to you, you just trust that they're telling you the truth. Right. You know, and even if they don't give you all the details, it doesn't seem like it's really matters. You know, it's more about the message. What is what is the truth that they're trying to tell you? What's the good message or the good news? But I think um, probably like you and I, we're kind of more the <laughs> think the same. We like to know like, well, if I'm going to go into battle and really go up in arms and really believe in what I do, I really want to know what I'm talking about. I really yeah. want to know not just the message, but like who said the message and why they said the message and when it was said and what can we truly tell about these, uh, these words that we truly believe in, you know? Yeah. Well, I've always been, I've always been the one that wants to figure out how things work and I don't know why it took me so long to dig into the Bible. Mm-hmm. Maybe just cause it was so daunting, you know, it's like, well, maybe I need to go to college <laughs> to really dig into it. <clears throat> and, and I still have a ways to go. I mean, there's just, <clears throat> there's so much, Excuse me. Yeah, uh, man. <clears throat> there's so much that even now goes over my head, and I know that I took uh, I took these uh, classes, uh, these Yale classes by mm-hmm. oh, shoot, what's his name? Dale, uh, Dale Martin. Yeah, Dale Martin, and those blew my mind. Um, mm-hmm. And they're free, so if if you're if you're listening and you want to kind of check this stuff out for yourself, I mean, we're gonna very very non-academically skim over a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> right now. But if you actually want to get like an academic uh, knowledge on like what these scholars are saying about the New, Te- New Testament, uh, I would check out, it's, it's Yale University uh, free courses. I don't know what they're called, but I would just Google Yale University New Testament and Dale Martin. And mm-hmm. they're actually all on YouTube. You can actually on, I have uh, an I, what is it? I University or whatever the heck that right. app is. Um, I actually use that to see all his uh, uh, was it iTunes U, and I found all his stuff there. Right. But that, that's that's actually I would probably suggest if someone if you're listening and you're interested in this, that's probably the best place to start. Um, I wish I would have started this before I read Misquoting Jesus, because they actually Bart Ehrman actually wrote the textbook for <laughs> the course, so they're following a textbook written by Bart Ehrman. You get kind of a a broad overview of what scholars think, um, what some scholars think, what they disagree on. And I think he did a really good job of kind of uh, doing an overview of what scholars think. I mean, it's not... It, it, what I like about Dale Martin is he's like, I'm not out to change your faith. I'm not out to, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to bring you over to this side here. This is just... These are what the mainstream scholars are... Uh, the conclusions that they've come to, and here's me teaching you this information. So, really, really interesting stuff. What, what, what was your kind of uh, when you took when you listened to those? I know you you listened to those as well. Yeah. What was What was like the thing that like blew your mind the most from those Man, lectures? How how much I did didn't know anything <laughs> like historically, and I and I want to kind of preface with this too, like any any of your listeners too, like maybe. The, people that do believe or are Christian and are worried. Because I think that's what the thing is, is. People, if you question a text or you find something that doesn't line up, 
you believe that it's infallible. You know, it's the word of God that there should be no mistakes. There's a lot of Christians that really truly believe that. Yeah. You know. Um, so when they hear this stuff and they say these are contradictions or, oh, this was added a lot, lot longer, you know, by some scribe, you know, whenever, you know, it's like it, it's hard for them to comprehend, comprehend that it might, you know, stagger their faith and they might start questioning everything. But the, quick, the funny thing I found out the other day, and you might understand this, like Bart Ehrman, let's, let's be honest, he's, he's an agnostic, but he claims he's not an agnostic because of his historical textual criticism mm-hmm. is because he is, his problem with suffering in the world. Right. And and he wrote a book called God's Problem, which I just got done reading too. Really good book too, about why he has a, a problem with the Bible of answering the the age old questions, why do we suffer? You know, why do we have this loving God that lets us suffer? Mm-hmm. And and but the thing is, Dale Martin is one of his best friends. He's actually introduced uh, Bart Ehrman to his wife. They're actually on vacation together right now because I do follow <laughs> his blog. But the thing is, Dale and Bart's wife are both Christians. They're still Christians, right? Still, yeah, and it's, it's amazing that they're both. You know, like um, Dale and Bart are both scholars, historical scholars, and get the same information. But way to digest it, they you know one. You know, it has nothing to do with their faith, you know, really. Bart has a different situation why he's agnostic. It's not because of the historical text. And, of course, Dale got the same information, but he still, you know, he hasn't lost his faith because of that, you know. Yeah, I get the feeling from Dale Martin from from the classes um, that he appreciates church. He appreciates mm-hmm. uh, he appreci- uh, appreciates. Uh, the 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 religion the I guess the overall uh, teachings I guess he he does like uh, it's funny because he even with all the bullshit that he uncovers <laughs> you know, right. he even says like what the, the this teaching over here is not true based on most scholars he still like actually enjoys uh, going to church you know I right. found that really fascinating too um, yeah I mean. Um, do you do you think that more more even if you're someone's a Christian like that they should dig into this stuff because I I really do it's actually it's like it's opened up Pandora's box of like knowledge like I actually am interested in reading and studying the Bible now whereas yeah. bef- whereas before I was like you know and maybe it's because how I was raised I was raised the way I was raised and uh, I just kind of you know. When, when, you're, when your parents kind of push things on you, as a, it's kind of almost a natural thing to rebel against it. I can't explain it. Um, I, guess no, I understand. Once, once my kids are teenagers, maybe I'll understand it a little bit more. <laughs> you know? Exactly. But, um, but since I started learning this historical stuff about the Bible, and you know, we're being really vague, you know, and our mm-hmm. listeners are like, well, what, what exactly do they mean? What are the historical stuff? I mean, I, I'm not prepared to go into all that just because I'm still trying to understand it all. But, and we're not. We're also not historical scholars yeah. or textual critics. Yeah. We're, just, we're giving you secondhand information at at midnight right now. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? But um, but it like like I said, and we've talked about this before. It's like it's almost like, I mean, it's like I crave I crave more knowledge about it. You know. And I want to learn more about the New Testament. And, uh, my my thing is like I'm kind of gathering because of work so busy. We're about to have a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of gathering this stuff whenever I can and I've kind of took a little bit of a break for it for, for a while and I want to dig back into it but I but um but I think it's actually healthy you know as a as a Christian because I you know I still identify myself as a Christian 
just because there's well, a that, lot. Of- that's what I wanted to know. Like, do you, you, I mean, are you? I mean, man, that's another question. What is a Christian yeah. nowadays? I mean, you know, what I'm saying like that's <laughs> Who another knows? topic on itself. <laughs> <laughs> that that's the thing. And in my 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 uh, podcast last week, I talking to the pastor. He, you know, him and I even expressed. You know that you have to apologize as if you identify yourself as a Christian. You have to almost apologize for like ninety percent of the other Christians out there. Right. Um, but but I, you know, it's like I hate saying it, it's weird because you know everything wants a label, right? Every everybody wants to exactly. a label everything. So yeah, I identify myself as a Christian because I think that the things that Christ taught about mm-hmm. grace, peace, and love, um, those things I think. I really connect with in the New Testament and even Paul in his the stuff he says about about grace and even the book of Hebrews is still one of my favorite books of the Bible. Right. Um, I always get a really a peace when I read Hebrews. Um there's certain things that just ring true with me. So I can't deny that and just say, well, I don't know. There's bigger answers that I definitely do not know. It's like who right. is you know, who is God, you know, overall right. like you know, I, I don't know. All I know is right now, there's interesting stuff about the New Testament, and and I'm I'm totally comfortable with the New Testament and the Old Testament not being a hundred percent literal. That's fine mm-hmm. with me because I think that there's sub subtext that overarches everything else uh, as far as the New Testament goes, and that's Christ, what Christ and what Paul, uh, what Jesus Christ and what uh, Paul taught about grace and love, like those kind of out do everything else and then everything else I'm still trying to figure out <laughs> of course man it's you know. a journey and I you know that's the thing it's I think when I were first we like shot out the gun and we were trying to digest as much as we can <laughs> yeah <laughs> in one in one sitting you know and I think that was you know at first you get excited about that stuff because you know I started thinking about it it's like beforehand you know like you said you felt this like lackluster for reading the bible or really understanding God's word you know but now then you, you find out this new information that, you know, and now you're all fired up. What does that even mean? You know, you would think it's like, you know, if you believed it really strongly beforehand, wouldn't you think you'd be as fired up as you are now right. to find out the good word? And, I, you know, there's part of me that's like part of it, I think, as humans, we want to be right, you yeah. know? And if we've been accustomed to something or feel comfortable with something that is right for so long, um, you know, you kind of you kind of relax a little bit, you know, and I think we all go through that. And so when you find this new information that like, wow, we got some new information here. We need to go, you know, digest this now, you know, we can go for it. I think, you know, it's just our quest of, of being right. You know, yeah. we want to know truth. Well, I think we all in a sense want to know what we believe is true. And I mean, I think it's healthy. I mean, if you're going to believe a lie or something that's true, then why believe it? You know, we can't, can't be scared of knowing or at least searching for the truth. If you just take stuff on the surface, you know, on the surface or, you know, and not check your sources, that's kind of been my quote lately, is just check your sources. Yeah. You know, just do that. Why not? And if you're scared, then, you know, really, I'm, I, 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 I question that too. Why are you scared? You know? Yeah. Why are you scared of the truth? If you find something that completely changes what you always believe, then believe that because that is the truth to you, what you believe. We're not going to know 100% of what the truth of everything in this world. I don't think so. And I think that's what makes life so great. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the uncertainty of life, if you embrace it, it almost makes life even more, a little more exciting. And uh, and there's always stuff to learn, you know. Um, What what was the first thing that, that, that started your kind of, 
not 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 doubt. I wouldn't say doubt, but I would say what what was the thing that really caused you to start kind of digging into the stuff? Was there like something you read? Was there what what caused man, you to start researching this stuff? That's a good question, man. I think I just got I got fascinated with with um, I think online, man. That's why I, I was seeing this new movement. You know, I always see these, like the new atheist movement, which I find it just kind of crap, man, honestly, <laughs> just because it just, it's the same old story, just rehashed again, you know, yeah. now it's under a new label and, well, and everyone's yeah. trying to shoot out the gun with their own ideas that are the same ideas they've been saying forever, you know? Yeah. And that kind of got me fascinated just because the internet, you know, I think, and I realized I started seeing this stuff when you look at those things, there'd be like Bart Ehrman, this stuff, and you start doing the research on those people, finding about the story. And I think, you know, before in the day of age of like internet or having the, the tools accessible, good and bad, you know, sometimes you have to have a filter, <laughs> you know, uh, through all this stuff because, you know, um, beforehand we just like you said where would you get this knowledge go to a library when you go to a library how do you find this out is it you know is there anything written up you know and if you did i don't think that's the first thing you're thinking about like bible like how was it created you know you're not really thinking about it. you're just wondering if you're saved or not if you're going to go to hell or not i don't know right. that's kind of way i always looked at it you know right. it's more of like a salvation thing than really if what happened on this day or didn't do this day who said this or what paul said and what he didn't say it's like all that stuff was almost like background noise to me. No, no offense to anyone, but it was really about Jesus' message, you know, yeah. and, and and the hope and love that he gave. But you know, I understand that too from a historical thing. I think it it just opened up a new thing. I mean, you know, and then even the criticism from you know apologists against Barham and all that stuff. And I'm like, why are they fighting this guy so much? You always ask that too, because like. I have a thing of apologists. I, I'm not a big fan of them. And I, right. I know you know I don't like it. I don't think you need to apologize for anything. Basically, I feel like an apologist, in my opinion, is saying that God can't communicate you well enough, so I'm going to have to tell you exactly how it is. Yeah. You know, I, you're confused. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm being able to tell you what God's word really means, so I'm sorry. You yeah. Know? No, I, I've tried to listen to a few apologists, and I, I feel I feel like – I feel like they take a long-winded way around to actually get to the meat of what they're trying to talk about. I don't really, I don't know, because I tried, you know, because I, I was listening to Dale Martin, and he, like, <clears throat> he sets everything out very simply, and you can understand it, right? So, right. But ap- apologists, uh, yeah, it's really, when you compare the two to, like, a scholar to an apologist, it's like a scholar you feel like is telling you facts, Right. You know, known facts, what they what they see, what they're learning. Uh, apologies, kind of, it's just it's just kind of like a word. It's kind of word like wordplay, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I hear you because uh, I remember when we were talking uh, about that, and uh, I was trying to listen to like N.T. Wright, and I like I think N.T. Wright has a lot of interesting things to say. Um, very smart guy, yeah. Very smart. Very smart guy, but I think he's almost too smart for his own good, where he just kind of it just everything goes over my head and it's almost like i wish he can simplify some things about what he's talking about you know yeah it feels like a tactic more than he's just trying to give information yeah yeah it seems like yeah exactly exactly well it's funny how you brought up like you know and we're i think we've uh, narrowed this about historical and i think Mm -hmm. there's other historical scholars but i think bart ehrman is probably the most I guess popular, at least to my knowledge. He's the most attainable. Yeah, he's the most attainable right now. I would like to try to find yeah. some other ones, and if I can, 
in like the show notes and stuff. I'm going to put a whole crap load of stuff in the show notes today. All right. Um, and I mean, I, he has this blog and I, I read an interesting thing. It might be interesting to talk about is how the, someone asked him a question. So with, he did all this knowledge about the canon of scripture. Should we change it now? <laughs> you know, if like, if the, the fathers of the earliest church got it wrong, you know, cause what you, the question is what makes it scripture, you know? Right. And, and that's the whole thing. And, you know, according to Bart Ehrman and what he was saying, a lot of stuff is like, you know, he has a problem with Hebrews and revelation, you know, <laughs> they were admitted by church fathers, but they're written. They weren't not written by the apostles, you know, in case Paul and John. Well, yeah, Hebrews even it's, it's still like, it's like one of my favorite books of the Bible, <laughs> which is funny, but yeah, they don't know who wrote it. Like exactly, it's, it's exactly. not attributed and really to And that's anyone. how they figured out scripture. You have to be, you know, apostle of Jesus, you know, uh-huh. like written by it. And then if you weren't, then it was, it was not going to be canonized. Yeah. At least that was one of the main thing. If you didn't have that, it wouldn't even mean question to be able to make it. In. Yeah. Um, so well, that's that, interesting, you know? So. Yeah. Well, that's the crazy thing because when you look at the Bible, and I, I always thought this, that, you know, Matthew was written by Matthew, Mark was written by Mark, you know, John was written by John, <laughs> Luke was written by Luke. But actually, even those four books, they don't really know who wrote those or they're attributed to other people. They weren't, like, nothing in the Bible. And here's, like, growing up, like, I just, I don't know if I just never thought about it or what, but, like, nothing in the Bible is really, I don't, I don't think, 100% attributed to someone who actually walked with Jesus. Right. Right? It was kind of, they say Peter kind of was the one of the church followers, but I don't think like Peter really isn't attributed to a whole lot in the New Testament as far as the Gospels go. Right. I don't think he's attributed to any of the Gospels. Um, but it's, am- it's amazing how different sects of uh, religion, you know, I mean, the Catholicism and uh, Christianity, streamlined Christianity, just, you know, divide in so many different ways because of these people, you know. And if they weren't really the people that they were, quote-unquote, actually writing this— mm-hmm. Does that change the ball game for organized religion? And it's not the message, you know. That's what I'm trying to say. Like a lot of a lot of stuff that I read and stuff, I take everything as great as salt because, again, you're getting information from someone that's telling you this is the, what he's figured out. Yeah. But again, to history is only the, your best guess of what happened. And right now, I can't even tell you what happened ten minutes ago. Physically, I can't really <laughs> go and tell you that, but. You know, I could say that I was probably sitting in this room, you know, talking to you on this computer, you know, yeah, yeah. based on the knowledge that I have in front of me right now. Well, and here right now we have it actually, it's like recorded, you know, exactly. we have a, we have exactly. a recorded conversation and, uh, you know, but a lot of people say, well, that was just, you know, it's divine intervention. It's uh it's a miracle that all this information got pat, you know, got through all this time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's always explained away. But right. uh, but like you know and that's the thing that's the thing that kind of I'm okay with it not being word for word you know because there's 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 certain truths that kind of overshadow all that so I can look at the New Testament and say you know what this is all probably not word for word you know but what are the most what are the most what are the recurring themes of the New Testament you know because you can cherry pick stuff. And, you know, you can argue about homosexuality. You can argue about, you know, women right. speaking in church. That's all, like, that's barely even touched on in the New Testament. Or you it's can like, handle snakes in church. And yeah, them, like, you know. all that is like a speck here and there. Like, what's the overall 
message of the New Testament. Well, it's salvation and grace, mm-hmm. you know, and, the, and those two things is like we almost can do away with everything else and like just focus on those. And that's and those two things are powerful, you know. Right. You know, grace is powerful. You know, loving someone unconditionally is huge. You know, and you don't have a lot of religions teaching that. So and that's the, those are things that kind of ring true to me right now. Of but course, and yeah. it's like, and I'm okay with the uh, I'm, I'm okay, you know, with the Bible not being 100 percent accurate. That's all right with well, me. You, well, you're taking you're taking what you feel is the positive of it, and I mean, you're not looking at the negative stuff that people yeah. have a hard time trying to justify. You know, like the questions of the Old Testament of yeah. is this God the same God of the New Testament? You know, what changed? He seems very human. You know, angry, jealous. You know, yeah. Um, you know, and we all we all have those. You know, I'm sure we battle that. I mean, we all question it sometimes. And even, like you're saying, Revelation, you know, if even historical scholars, a lot of them agree this, you know, it wasn't, it's not about the end times of like, <laughs> you know, people, it's about the Romans, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's about that. But the thing is, is you notice that, you know, there's a lot of, you and I have always talked about this too, is there's a lot of um, self-fulfilling prophecies that I'm kind of worried about humanity. That's why I think I've gotten so fascinating religion is trying to understand why people believe the things they do because it's scary if you do believe something wrong and you hold that and you think you're living out something that God really wants you to do or you have that truth I mean think about it man um, suicide bombers they really think that Allah is telling them to do this yeah. you know yeah, this is their yeah. mission yeah 100% they're, they're 100% genuine like they're ready to meet their they're ready to they want to get their whatever seven thousand virgins or whatever it is. You know, they want to get their their prize, right? You exactly, know. And, I, and I think that it just takes a my personal opinion, man. And and put theology aside, even if this is all wrong or all right, I just think it devalues this life. What's the purpose of life if you just want it to end so you can get done with it? Yeah. What's the purpose? Why even go through this? Yeah. I mean, if it's just you know, that's the big debate. I've listened to several. Uh, podcast on this kind of stuff because I'm really fascinated with other people are saying different beliefs and stuff and how they justify the means of going through this life and it's always about you know the next life okay then what what's the purpose of this life why go through all this why not just end it right now you know you get all yeah. these well, some thoughts you know yeah well I, I have an example like my kids like as you all know like as I mentioned in my first podcast my brother-in-law died about five years ago and, right. and he's Uncle Jake and my kids ask us you know, ask about Uncle Jake. Um, just recently, their their favorite great grandma just passed away, oh, and yeah. they ask, you know, where's Grandma Sherney? Well, she's in heaven. And then they're like, well, we can just die and go see Grandma Sherney and Uncle Jake. You know, and this is my kids, right? Like my kids saying, well, if if they're in heaven, well, you know, it's okay if we just die right now. You know, and I'm like, no, 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 no. It's like, how do you explain that to your kids? You know, and uh, I always have to explain it to them. It's like, you know, there's a lot for us to do right now. Like, you guys need to live this life. There's so much for you guys to do. You have so much potential. You know, you're not ready to go to heaven yet. It's like, it's weird having a conversation like that with a six-year-old and a four-year-old. Because my, my kids, because of what our family's been through, have a, are, very self, are very aware of death and mm-hmm. the, final, the finality of it on this earth. And But then they have these childlike minds that are just, pure and just you know amazing how they process things and you tell them someone's in heaven and they want to go see them you know and uh you you find yourself in really strange uh morbid (laughs) yeah conversations with your kids and you're trying to actually talk your kid out of like letting them know like 
no, it's not good if you die right now. <laughs> That's not a good thing, you know. Right. No, I understand. You know, I, I take a little, a lot from the book of Ecclesiastics. You know, like there's a time for living, there's time for death, there's a time yeah. for this, time for that. You know, um, and I kind of, I kind of look at it too. Is like I have a lot of, you know, you know me, man. I I talked about this too. Like I have a hard time with understanding God and suffering. I kind of have the Bart Ehrman disease a little bit. I've always <laughs> had that that mindset you know yeah. trying to understand why people suffer and i've never been the one if someone dies you know my my personal or someone's hurting or suffering is that you know god has a plan or yeah. or they, they are in heaven that's I, to me like you know it's one thing telling a child this when they're you know if someone's suffering and hurting like i really my personal opinion is to let them go through that let them grieve you know and yeah. i don't feel like you know, it was kind of disturbing the other day. It was like listening to talk radio, and this lady, she lost her young child. And in her way of fathoming it, to understand, she's like, well, I guess God needed her in heaven to take care of grandma so-and-so. Right. And I'm just like, does that – it just – it baffles me. Like I'm not a parent, but it's just really hard for me to – if I was a parent, it just to believe that because – I'd be angry, honestly. <laughs> I, I'd be honest with you. This yeah. is someone no, you yeah. really love, you know. It's, yeah, exactly. Not, not something you just take. Oh, oh, good. They're in a better place now. Whatever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, we but, just just with the situation with with my brother in law, we now there's there's a nonprofit that has been started up called Jacob's House. Oh, awesome! And a really awesome. Uh, they want it to be. It's going to be a a uh, oh, shoot, a hospitality house, but uh, kind of like a Ronald McDonald House. Right. But kind of open to everyone, not just children, right. and um, a really great thing. And like you know, we get in these conversations like, well, if you know, if Jake hadn't died, we wouldn't be doing this, you know. So right. there's that conundrum. Was like, well, yeah, that was kind of the catalyst of getting this going, for sure. And as far as yeah. the name goes, yeah, heck yeah, that the name, you know, it's 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 you know, it, it worked out that way, and, and it's, there's a very personal story to it. But right. really, like. You know, if, if if I always struggle with this, like, well, if Jake was alive, they would be pursuing a Ronald McDonald house because that was always on my wife's family's heart. On, on, right. Because my wife was in, she was in a car accident when she was 13, mm-hmm. and they have a connection with the Ronald McDonald house, so they always wanted to bring one to the area. Right. So it's kind of this conundrum, you know, well, yeah, if, you know, Jake's gone and because of that, it it moved things forward for this to happen. Things are happening. People's lives are going to be changed because of it. Right. But still, the selfish side of me, mm-hmm. you know, is like, well, I'd kind of rather have my brother-in-law <laughs> here because no, yeah, I understand. He was that. a really good guy, and we we both liked movies and video, and we actually had plans to do video. <laughs> you know, it's like there's yeah. stuff we were gonna do, man. You know, and yeah, it's kind of probably kind of selfish for, just for me, but it's like, no, the guy was a good guy. Like he had a lot of potential, so it's like just to to have him die to have this other thing start doesn't that has never gelled with me. And it's like, you know, well, mm-hmm. I'm grateful that positive things are happening. And that's good. If if you can take a, a, a horrible tragedy and turn it around to be something positive, that's great. You're doing your part, you know. You're mm-hmm. you're turning a bad situation into good, and that's always should be celebrated. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately it's not always the case, you know. It's, it, I think that's just us as humans trying to find the good in every situation, you know. Yeah. And I 
and I, and that's awesome, man. You know, being able to remember him about that. But I rather like you like like you said, <laughs> I rather have them here and then do still do good together. Yeah, like can, you know, we can all like, kind of we can all kind of do it. Like him and I would be the. You know, <laughs> I would think about this all the time. Yeah. You know, um, we're kind of going going all over, which is awesome. So if you, <laughs> hey, if, man, it's if midnight, you, man. You, we just talk. If you can keep yeah. up, great. I wanted to talk about like when I first started really wanting to dig into the Bible. Yeah, and for me, it's always been um, just because I follow, you know, listen to Jay Baker. I actually just started tithing to Jay Baker's church. I was, I had been tithing to our our home church, and I'm like, I get more out of Jay Baker's talks than I do our church. So, interesting. <laughs> splitting up the splitting up the, but um, you know, when he made the stand for homosexuality, um, for gay marriage and stuff like that, that was huge because uh, at the time. I was very. <clears throat> I've kind of have a mixed, uh, kind of a roller coaster with like accepting accepting homosexuality. For a while, I was like I had gay friends in college, and I was that was fine. I still didn't understand it, but I'd always been taught that it was you know evil, unnatural evil. They're going to hell. Um, then you know after college, and I got got married. My wife, my wife and I even had conversations about about homosexuality and we were just like yeah well you know i'm fine if they don't bother me or whatever and i was always <laughs> like if that's what they want to do fine but it's not natural and all this kind of stuff and and still we would always find ourselves kind of you know having a negative look a negative outlook on on on, on gays or the L- lgbt community but then when jay baker came out and said you know started really talking about what he felt uh, the bible said about homosexuality and he's and he said that um the word homosexual homosexual wasn't even like a Greek word. Like there's no word that matches the Greek. The Greek means something altogether that's actually cultural to them at the time. The Roman and Greek cultures were very, you know, fast and loose. And um, there's the words that were used were, were mainly like towards like male prostitutes, even like male or child prostitutes. Or people and, and people who engage in that activity as like sacrifices to gods and stuff like that. So it's like when I started learning about that, I was like, oh my gosh, because so many people use those verse those verses, you know, against homosexuality and especially right. with the gay marriage and stuff like that. So I started uh, digging all this stuff, and then I had a friend of mine, um, a professor from college. Um, it, it was a Lutheran college, and the East, the ELCA, uh, Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, is totally pro homosexuality. And I remember when I was going to college, <clears throat> it was never. I, I knew people. I was like that. I knew people who were gay, and I was like, and they were straight up. They were practicing Lutheran, um, and I always was like, it was never an issue, you know. Right. Never even talked about it. So I got a um, this big old essay, twenty eight page essay called ELCA Sexuality, where wow. they they totally lay into every single verse in the Bible, Old Testament and New, and what it possibly meant. And going back to the to the Hebrew and the Old Testament and and the culture. So that's when I first started learning. Like, wow, maybe you can't just read the Bible and take it for what exactly it says on the page. You know, there's so much more going to it historically, culturally. Uh, linguistically, like just taking Greek word, one Greek word, and trying, and uh, like the word homosexual didn't even come into play until I think the Middle Ages or even later than that. I'm not sure, but um, right. but yeah, and that's when I you know started like 
uh, really digging into it. And then Jay Baker mentioned Bart Ehrman and some other authors, and I and I then he mentioned that oh yeah, first and second, first and second Timothy weren't Paul, <laughs> yeah. and that blew my mind. And uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna post a link to this PDF, right? The ELCA because. I actually started sending it to a bunch of people. I'd get into arguments about about homosexuality. And I was just like, "Look, you know what? Read this twenty-eight page thing. <laughs> this is what I agree with. And uh, if you don't, that's fine. But at least you get that. We get that out of the air. Get that out of the way." Yeah, it's interesting when theology meets you know historical, you know, scholarship. You know that. How do you deal with that? You know, how do you deal with that? Um, from your your studying, you know, I think that's the toughest. I think that you know that that's the only um, mystery to it. Like, how mm-hmm. do you how you deal with your faith? You know, and that I mean, you, I know you said your faith was kind of rocky, anyways. But mm-hmm. but when you when you get this historical stuff, then imagine with theology, you know, how does that work? If you've really, you know, if historical people are just saying, like scholars are saying, it's all. The the whole canon, it's just for those people. Even yeah. the New Testament, it's just right into those people, and they really thought that it was his apocalyptic prophet, mm-hmm. you know, just trying, you know, to get a message because he really thought Jesus would come in within their lifetime. Yeah, you know, and that's that's what happens after that, you know, and and you know those questions of the theology. Why do we believe? You know, as Christians believe the same thing, you know, and I know that's how it's completely different from each Christian I've seen. You know, some believe, you know, that the earth is still 6,000 years old, you know, and some believe, don't believe in evolution. Some people don't believe in this or that or believe that homosexuality is wrong. Yeah. You know, and and it's a sin. So how do you, how do, as a, you know, as a Christian nowadays, it's like, how do you find out what is the truth when you go to a, a Barnes and Noble and they have, hundreds and hundreds of different Bibles there with all hundreds and hundreds of different translations. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, it, you know. here here's I guess here's where I'm at. It's uh, mm-hmm. we're never going to know the truth. Right. We're, we're never going to know it. We're going to be seeking it out. And that's great to seek it out and it's great to learn. Right. We're never going to know. I mean, when I die, I'll finally know if there's an afterlife. You know what I mean? And uh, right. right now, like while I'm on this planet, I, I tell my kids all the time, what's the one, what's the one most important rule? And they, you know, treat others as you'd like to be treated. And uh, really, I thought like, it was eat, eat, drink, and be merry. Eat, drink, man, and be but... merry. No, treat <laughs> others as you'd like to be treated. I, I, I tell my kids, I'm like, like, you know, you can, that one phrase, right. if you live your life according to that, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to, you're going to live a good life. You're going to treat others respectfully and, right. and you're going to love other people and you're going to, you know, uh, forgive people and and you would you know it's 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 like the most simple you know it's it's the simplest thing and my kids get it and I don't have to you know shake the Bible at them well the Bible says this 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 and this is wrong no you know what would you like to be treated like that and they go no okay then what's the most important rule treat others as you like to be treated and that they repeat it back to me and and that is like it's been really interesting raising my kids that way. Because it's so insanely simple. I don't need to break out a Bible or a holy book to tell someone how to live their life or whatever. Tell my kids how to live their life. Th- that one that one rule seems to solve everything. And that's well, really you, fascinating. Well, do you think it's our generation, man? Because I've seen a trend of this, you know, yeah. like amongst our uh, – my friends, my age, your age, you know, we're all, we're all in the same generation. You know, I've seen a different kind of – 
style or how we i don't know man you know that's why i always talk about what is going to happen in the next generation the internet age you know i I think i really i think knowledge is going to open up people i mean even even these people even scholars don't have it 100 percent nailed down you know what i mean about the Mm -hmm. bible and who wrote the bible like they hypothesize quite a bit even science has a lot of theories and hypotheses that they base evolution on and stuff like that everything's based on a, a theory even like christianity is based on a theory Everything's theoretical, right? Like yeah. there's certain truths we know scientifically, and there's certain truths we know, so like uh, sociologically speaking. But the big questions end up getting theoretical. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I, I, I think, I mean, I see with a lot of people that I know, it's like we don't trust people that that claim to know it all, right? Because you know? <laughs> exactly. we, it's like we're almost the generation that smells the bullshit. It's like yeah. we know. That's we, and yeah, because the internet and how news travels so quickly. I mean, so many mm-hmm. preachers that have secrets, their secrets get found out a lot faster, right? You know, uh, we see a lot. Uh, we see idiot pastors, things that they say, like with the North Carolina, the stream of North Carolina Southern Baptist pastors. We see that stuff immediately now. They can't cover that stuff up. It's like if someone says something, it's out there. And if somebody if somebody discovers something, it's out there. If somebody has a theory about something, it's out there right away. So, and I think, yeah, with this inter- with this information age, we're definitely we have everything at our fingertips. And I th- and I think, and I would hope that everyone relaxes, <laughs> you know, doesn't claim to know it all, and is just let's you know let's respect each other and respect each other's opinions, and just you know. Uh, figure this out together and, and have discussions. I think, I feel, you know, I'm hoping, you know, our, our, this current generation is coming up. Cause yeah, you're right. There's less and less people that claim to know it all. And right. when that generation dies out, well, what's, what's it, what is it going to be? You know? Right. You sound, be, you sort of sound more and more like Christopher Hitchens, man. Do I? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Man. Christopher, Christopher religion, Hitchens. religion poisons everything. Like religion poisons everything. Well, I think if you if you claim you know it all and you don't right. want to learn anything and you're not open to learning and you're just spewing out this stuff that you're right and your opinion is right and that's it, like you're never gonna grow. You're never gonna get. You're never gonna get anywhere. And and all you're gonna do is just drag those people who are putting you up on a pedestal. You're just gonna right. drag them down the same creek, you know. Exactly. So I I like that man. I think that's good. Just be good to others. Be and, good to others. Say and it. I mean, if if we. Because that's the thing, man. Anyone can read the Bible. They can interpret the way they want to. That's why there's 33,000 different kind of denominations in the world. <laughs> I mean, think about that, man. If you really think about it, if I kind of always – and that's my personal opinion of how I see God, if there is a God. is like we all – I think in a sense we sometimes visioning uh, what God fits into our box, you know, yeah. in our world. <laughs> it will make sense a lot. I think it's a habit of ours. It's just as humans, you know. If we're raised to believe that, you know, homosexual is ra- wrong or this or that, you can, it's going to be hard to break that, man. It's going to be really hard to break yeah. that. You know, um, I always talk about it because I have like a, a 98-year-old great-grandmother, and she still uh, calls uh, – not only in a racial slave, slave uh, slur, slur or anything like that, but like black kids, you know, that you'll call them like that color kid down the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and you're like, 
you know, at first you t- you're taken aback by it, then you realize when she was she she was born in nineteen, you know, fourteen or yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and she's she's gone through a lot of different things, and her worldview is completely different than you know way, you know, you and I see the world or whatever. Yeah. Or this generation starting to see the world, you know. It's interesting. We're living in an information age. It's pretty. Uh, I I, th- I think is really exciting. So. I- I think so too, man. So, I, I quest for knowledge, man. I think you and I are kind of like the geeks. We'll take Yale courses just to learn stuff, just <laughs> on our spare time. I know. I, I think it is a is a. We just want to know we're right, and if we're going to believe in something and base our whole life in our, our our moral landscape or everything, our beliefs. I mean, we only live, you know, for lucky around seventy, eighty years on this earth, you know. Yeah. And if we until, do that, you know, until until nanotechnology takes hold. Watch yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> to we continue, right? Um, but even then, man, like, what are we going to do with it? And, oh, I don't know. You know, we're, I think we're on a quest of the meaning of life. I think everyone ha- finds purpose the way they want to, and some find it through religion and faith. Yeah. You know, and some find it through other means, you know. And to say who's right or wrong, you know, no one knows, and I don't think anyone else does. You know, I don't know I'm right, and you're not right. I don't think anyone's right, man. They They can't be, even if they are, you know. Who's there to say that they're right? You yeah, know? I I always said when I was living in Tulsa, I would, I would get in conversations with friends about all this, and I'm like, you know what? You know, we're all going to get to heaven, and Jesus is is, is going to be like, damn it, you guys got it all wrong. <laughs> you guys couldn't figure out the simplest stuff, and these idiots back here mistranslated it, and now we're down this way. You know, I always, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, Jesus would be like shaking his head, like, you guys, really, seriously. <laughs> you know yeah it's 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 interesting man i think the historical like to cir- go circular on this the yeah. historical stuff has really opened my eyes to stuff of just by not being about ignorant about anything that you take into life if anything you take something by face value you know like yeah. you just walk into a random church and someone tells you this is real like and you believe it then i think you're believing it on false pretenses man you don't you know it just seems like it's almost like you know, not to use the same analogy, but going into a used car and just the guy goes, "Here, this is the car for you." You know, yeah. get in the car and drive off. Here you go. Don't even look. It's just signed. <laughs> okay, cool. And you drive off, and now you, you got this car, and you hope it's the right one, or it might be a lemon. You don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think uh, we can take away this is uh, always always uh, continue to learn, dig dig deep. If you're a Christian, dig deep into the Bible. If you believe the Quran. Hey, dig deep into how that was written, and that's that's like that's the, that's on my list of things to figure out. Um, you know, um, the writings of Buddha, stuff like that. Like, it, it's just interesting if you have a belief, really dig in to learn how that belief got to you. And I think you'll be surprised, and I think I think you'll be challenged. And I, but I also think that in the long run, I think you'll be more fulfilled. And if it helps you to become strong in your faith, that's great. If it helps you to kind of lighten up about things, that's awesome too. So, well, yeah. we we better wrap up the conversation, man. It's uh, it's getting late, yeah, and uh, <laughs> I got to work in the morning. Um, yeah. Uh, let it, where, where can people find you? Where, where's your Where's your public stuff on the internet? Where Where can people find find you? On? Uh, I play in a band called Stars Go Dim. Uh, you can look on Facebook, or uh, that's probably the best. We definitely are there the most, and um, you can buy our music on iTunes, and that's my shameless plug for the night. Awesome. I, guess. I have nothing. To plug that makes me any sort of money. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, actually, we give our music away for free. Most of it, if you right go on our website. Well, then then they, they can go to a concert and you guys can get you know buy a T-shirt. I don't know. It, exactly. Music. Or buy and, me a 
Uh, buy me a drink or something. Yeah, there you go. Music, <laughs> music industry's changed. Bands are just giving away their, their music for free now. Uh, you can find me uh, theaxpx.com, of course, uh, and then facebook.com slash theaxpx, and Twitter, theaxpx. Uh, send me an uh, email. Send me Facebook messages. Uh, like the Facebook page. I would definitely, uh, if you're listening to this and you're not involved in the conversation, uh, I would I would love to to hear from you, the listener, and uh, eventually start more conversations like this. You know, I don't want to... I really feel like the direction this this podcast is going to is just kind of conversations like this with anyone, and uh, maybe someday I'll get you know Ricky Gervais on the show or Jay Baker on the show. But you know, I think the 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 meat of the show is going to be just all of us kind of chatting about our our faith journeys and what we're learning, and uh, you know, asking the big questions and not finding the answers <laughs> together. <laughs> it's the journey, bud. That's right. All right, man. Uh, uh, Joey, thanks for coming on. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll be we'll, we'll be chatting again. Um, all of you listening, have a great week, and hope you enjoyed today's uh, kind of uh, you know free form show. Um, yeah, we'll talk to all of you next week. Have a great week. You've been listening to the AXPX podcast. I'm Sean Drager, and I'll talk to all of you next uh, week sometime. Bye bye.